Before we start the show today, I just want to remind you that we are now producing new bonus content and a weekly wrap-up show for everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash amped up and for as little as $5 a month, you'll get two new bonus videos and bonus shows with me and my producer Rob a week. Thanks again for supporting the podcast. Welcome to Amped Up. This is your host, Ryan Knight, and our guest today is Laura Fielding. Laura is the founder of Red Berets for Medicare for All, a board member for Whole Washington, and an organizer. Laura, welcome to Amped Up. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on, too. I, I follow you on Twitter, and you're such a joy uh, to follow, and I love the light that you bring to your organizing and to your uh, activism. Uh, and it's a tough time out there right now, so it's nice to have you know bright souls out there like you who are doing everything you can uh, to make a difference. So I'm honored to have you on the show today. Uh, can you start off and just uh, share a little bit with 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 my audience uh, about your work with Whole Washington and how organizing for Medicare for All on the state level? actually amplifies the fight for Medicare for all on the national level, that it's not an either or, that, that we can and we should fight for both Medicare for all on the state level and the national level. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Um, Whole Washington was actually uh, founded by organizers who, um, you know, were looking to like hoping not not all of them but um, they were looking to um, so you know it was with this whole idea um, that of course that we we need Medicare for all and so there everyone is a very very strong proponent of Medicare for all but it was um, you know shortly the way it's been described to me because I wasn't with Whole Washington right when it began um, you know that. It was understood that Bernie Sanders wasn't going to get the nomination. Um, and so, you know, there was that sort of um, uh, disappointing, what now? What are we going to do now? Because we're not going to have a Medicare for all candidate um, uh, or president, regardless of who get, gets in, you know, because this was prior to um, Trump being elected. Um, so, you know, Georgia Davenport and a couple of other core organizers who had worked on uh, initiative, initiative 735, I think it is, uh, it was to um, uh, overturn Citizens United in Washington State. They That initiative had been run once and it didn't pass the first time as initiatives usually don't um, because if they're grassroots, then they have to work to really uh, get an organization together because that's you know, you have to fundraise and you have to really build your organization. So anyway, um, but it did pass the, sec the second time. And so then uh, Georgia and a couple of others had worked on uh, successfully doing that initiative. And so then uh, they set about thinking, how are we going to do this? We can't just sit around, you know, uh, until we get another opportunity for a Medicare for all candidate. So let's start um, putting together um the whole Washington Health Trust, so they called it the whole Washington Health Trust, uh, and it's so the bill or the legislation, the trust is written 
uh, by working class people, by nurses, by teachers, um, you know, just people just like us that are like, uh, know that we need Medicare for all and people are good with uh, numbers and all of that. And then um, the bill, um, it includes a study um, that is done by uh, renowned uh, progressive economist Dr. Gerald Friedman, and he mm -hmm. also studied Bernie Sanders' bill um, and also um, other state bills. So the funding mechanism is there. Um, it's been given the green light by the State Department of Revenue. Uh, everything is good to go. Um, so whole Washington, I was introduced to them uh, because people saw, um, a couple of people saw my berets on Facebook primarily is where I was at. I wasn't connected to any uh, organizers or anything like that. I had actually, I had been a Bernie supporter, but I wasn't uh, actively involved in, uh, in his 2016 campaign. And just like with fight, you know, Bernie not getting it and then getting Trump and all of that stuff, I started to wake up. Like I have been somebody mm -hmm. who just wasn't awake. You know, you've been tweeting yep. about that lately yep. about like, Hey, who, I can relate who, to that. <laughs> who in this world has just been like this perfect, uh, progressive organizer and been aware of the issues. Um, so not me, <laughs> you yep. know, um, so not me but, either. <laughs> so, but that's it. We're allowed to change. And I hope that, um, absolutely. So, um, Basically, like seeing uh, seeing the aerial views, and I had knit some of the pink um, hats. Uh, I and we're going to talk about the red berets a little yes, later in the show because sure. that's how I met you. Yeah. I love the red berets. The red <laughs> yeah. berets are amazing. Yeah, uh, they're these little hats that that Laura knits. Uh, to advocate for Medicare for all. And we'll get to it a little later in the show because okay. there's so much joy you bring with that. Just make sure that I, did I answer um, basically that we are a grassroots coalition um, of working class people, uh, you know, so we're, we're working to get universal health care at the state level. And, um, and we have a plan. We have a multi-pronged approach. Ever since I was introduced to, I don't know any other way as an organizer than to be uh, a fight on all fronts and a synergistic approach. Because I, That's right. I, came, I came into it with whole Washington teaching me that. Yeah, so it's like it's like throwing the kitchen sink at it. You know, you yes. don't just because you're fighting for Medicare for all on the local level, on the state level, doesn't mean you're not also fighting for it on the national level and, and support the federal efforts yeah. uh, to, to fight for Medicare for all as well. Yeah. Uh, there, there was an article uh, from someone saying that, you know, fighting for Medicare for all at a state level could hurt the national effort. And as someone, you know, I very much agree that we're in a moment where our entire government has been corrupted by corporate money. Neither party essentially works for the people. Uh, you know, we're fighting against Wall Street. We're fighting against the giant insurance companies. In the case of Medicare for All, we're fighting against the big oil companies. Uh, we're fighting against, you know, the military industrial complex. We're fighting against so many things. And so it, that requires a multi-pronged approach where you're trying everything. And if you yeah. can get Medicare for All in a state like Washington, and I know uh, in, in California, uh, the producer of the podcast, of my podcast, he's a part of a local DSA chapter and they're fighting to bring Medicare for all to California. Uh, and, and kind of the same idea, you get it in one state and then the other states start to, to fold. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, it starts to create a ripple effect and, and we get some energy behind Medicare for all. I, I think that, you know, it, there was so much energy behind Medicare for all and the democratic primary with Bernie supporting it. And then all of a sudden, all it took was for Joe Biden to say to the media one day, well, if, if it came to my desk, I'd veto it. 
And it was like, that was all it took. It took a 10 second statement from Joe Biden to just kind of deflate the air out of the balloon and all the energy that everyone had been working so hard for. And then it was like the media just stopped talking about Medicare for all. Now we didn't stop talking about it. And, and organizers like yourself and whole Washington didn't stop fighting for it. But that's just to give people a, a picture of how difficult these fights for justice and for everyone in this country to have health care, how tough of a fight it is when you're fighting against political parties like the Democrats and the Republicans who are bought by the giant insurance companies who don't want Medicare for all because it's bad for their bottom line. Yeah. Might be good for us, might be good for working people and for the majority of the people in this nation, but it's not good for the, for the CEOs of the giant insurance companies who make $25 million a year. Yes, um, and can I just say to uh, to your point about healthcare for all Los Angeles and you you sharing about I missed the the, the news from today that the bill was introduced and I, I don't remember the bill number already but that that's really really exciting news um, and just the solidarity uh, that we have been seeing among the one payer states. So after the whole force the vote thing, there was a national conference healthcare for all now, um, and so a lot of you know. That was, I was scheduled to go to that. We all were scheduled to go for it. Um, but just because that was on the plate and I knew that, you know, a bunch of us, a uh, whole Washington people uh, and other, we're going to be attending this healthcare for all now conference to learn. I still wasn't like, oh, this is what's happening now. Force the vote is happening now. And the thing that I have said from the very beginning is I knit for all good efforts. We are going to get to the red brace, but to, to get to the point of the, uh, the synergistic approach, um, we just, one payer states have been all of a sudden really uh, make building these coalitions. Jen Nye, who is our communications director for Whole Washington and Georgia Davenport, um, they've been reaching out. And it was so awesome to see uh, Healthcare for All Now actually make um, Whole Washington 5204, sponsored by uh, Bob Hasegawa, their pin tweet for, I don't mm. know if it's still their pin, pin tweet right now. But I mean, the point is, is that we're really starting to uh, build this energy. And uh, so it would be really great if people who have uh, expressed skepticism for state level organizing would recognize that, you know, we had somebody on whole Washington uh, on the volunteer call the other night who actually came on from public citizen, I think it was, to tell mm. us about how to do uh, local resolutions. Uh, Shama Sawant actually did, uh, was instrumental in writing and helping to pa get past uh, the Seattle City Council, I believe it is, uh, endorsing Medicare for all at the local level. So again, that doesn't put anything into, you know, legislation or law, but it's a way of getting the message out there and building building some solidarity and messaging and power. So those are all the things that are going on even at the local micro level. And then we get out to the state level where uh, whole Washington uh, in, was it 2019? Sorry, I'm forgetting my years. Yeah, it was 2019 when Representative Pramila Jayapal introduced 1384. We organized 11 barnstorms across the state of Washington in solidarity with National Nurses United kind of leading that effort. So we had 11 of our own barnstorms uh, sponsored by Whole Washington. You know, wow, that's um, awesome. 
so like the whole notion, if any, you know, if anyone is saying, oh, they're all just focused on getting health care for Washingtonians or for California, you know, that's not that's just simply not the truth. The people who are doing the local organizing are, in fact, the people that are, um, you know, have probably put the most effort into uh you know, calling, <laughs> calling Representative Kilmer, my representative, you know, um, and supporting Re Rebecca Parson, who was running a primary challenge, because we know, yep. we know she how came, difficult. I, I had Rebecca Parsons on this podcast last year. Awesome. Supported yeah. her campaign. Yeah, she's fantastic. Great. Yeah. And I also think one thing I'm hearing from you, too, is uh, movements and organizing, it starts in your local community. And then, you know, it catches on and it grows and movements expand. In, in that respect. So you can start a local movement in your own community and then it can grow into a nationwide movement, especially you start getting Washington is now fighting for it and California is fighting for it. You know, it starts to, you start to get a ripple effect and, and it, it can uh, boost the national fight for Medicare for all as well. I mean, I, as, as a national activist and with a national platform myself, when I see your work, I support it immediately. You know, I, I'll retweet it. Uh, or if I yes. see the producer of my podcast who, who is in a local DSA chapter in California, I shared his video that was fighting for uh, Medicare for all here at the local, at the state level. But then I also support uh, obviously Medicare for all at the national level, at the federal level as well. Uh, you can do both. Yes. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, we have it's, to. I do. <laughs> I support both. Uh, so I just think it's, it's so funny how, you know, we, I myself included, I can get so set in my own ways and not realize that, no, it's, it's a much bigger picture. It's a much broader effort. And, and, and that's where we find the solidarity and understanding that and, and, and joining all of our efforts together, that we are so much stronger and we cre create so much more momentum and yep. pressure uh, on the corporatists who are standing in the way uh, of progress in this country. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that, uh, and I think this is a fair assessment, um, uh, you know, all of the energy and the creativity and the joy, as you say, and, and people being able to get their own kind of innovative ideas and, and plug this in, this all stems, this is the grassroots. So um, I would, I don't really like to just, but no, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, just to kind of say, like to have our national elected federal leaders saying, okay, now when it's time, come out and just call your representative and this is how we're doing it. That's a, that's a top down approach. Of course I support Bernie's bill and representative Jayapal's bill. And of course I call my representative, but uh, we actually need the excitement and the enthusiasm and the ideas that come out of grassroots organizing. So that is a bottom up approach. And that's what we're talking about growing things that, you know, I, when it feels right to me, I don't push it all the time, but sometimes if it feels right to me, I share with, um, with a patient or a client that I work on. If they mention something that is in that neighborhood, then I'll say, Oh, did you know that we're going to be showing power to heal? Uh, and whole Washington is hosting it. Um, Boom. They, they say, yes, I'd love to attend that. There we go. So I've just told somebody new. They didn't, they won't hear about whole Washington or any other. Um, yeah, I'm just saying that is how we grow things. And uh, that you, we can't, I couldn't have the enthusiasm really to, to share with local people and my neighbor, unless there's something that we can fight for and push for right now. Uh, mm. you know, so it's not that I don't support the federal bills. Of course I do. And as soon as those are introduced, um, you know, I'll be calling my representative, even though I, I'm 
99% positive that he's not going to co-sponsor, but I, but now I'm on your podcast. So now I'm calling him out representative Kilmer. We need you to co-sponsor representative Jayapal's bill. As soon as it's introduced, we need Medicare for all. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Did you get that Kilmer? You better get on <laughs> Medicare for all now, or we're going to be on your ass. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's synergistic and we can do both at the same time. I, Absolutely. We, we support candidates who support Medicare for all. We have to do this on all fronts. We don't have a choice. That's the only way we're going to do it nationally. And this yeah. is actually a good segue to, to, to my next question. Are progressive politicians and organizations uh, at the national level, fighting hard enough against the Democratic establishment who is blocking progressive policies like Medicare for All? And as a local Medicare for All organizer and activist, what could progressive politicians and organi organizations uh, be doing differently to support organizers and the overall fight uh, for Medicare for All? Uh, no, they are not fighting hard enough. <laughs> I'll just put it out there, like, right, th right, right there. I... I feel like um, we elected, as far as the progressive uh, block, um, we need them to be movement leaders and not just progressive. Um, uh, we need them to be populists. We need them to do. We need them to act and uh, every single day outside of the box, creatively listening to the grassroots. Uh, when I let's just. It'll be easy for me to focus if I look in on the Twitter universe, which is where you and I both operate. Um, so do we do a lot of organizing there. There was a new woman who uh, followed me on Twitter and she was in the whole Washington Zoom meeting on Monday night. So it's yep. real organizing. People need to know that. Anyway, um, um, there should be calls to action. That's the thing. I feel like like when Bernie came to the Tacoma Dome um, and it's all this, like there were like 16 or 17,000 people there. And just what occurred to me is like, you have all these people uh, here, you know, wanting, you know, ready to do. Um, and of course they had the burn app and all of that stuff, but I really want, I wanted him to say, so here we are in Washington state. Do any of you know, um, I mean, are your senators, are Senator Cantwell and Murray, uh, are they are they signed on to my he knows he knows they're not. <laughs> so, no, I mean, like <laughs> um, yeah. but we need we needed those 17000 people, uh, most of whom probably were aware. Uh, maybe some are not because they're for Bernie. They know he's like the most progressive. Um, but like the whole thing in Force the Vote about, oh, we already know where everybody stands on this. No, we don't. Let me just let me just say that uh, when I was or organizing locally within the Democratic Party um, at Pierce County Democrats and just like locally here in Tacoma, I brought the this has been a couple years back at Reorg. I brought some red berets there um, and was going to, you know, basically donate 50% of whatever we did. And everybody was really excited. They were trying the red berets on. Not everybody came back, but you know, the progressive, progressive types that supported Medicare for all. Anyway, I read Bernie Sanders letter that he had sent uh, his, his letter of thanks that he sent to me uh, and another knitter. It was just two of us that knit 18 berets and we mailed them to Bernie Sanders Vermont office. Um, and they probably thought, what in the heck, <laughs> what are these 18 <laughs> berets? And then, and I kind of, um, I've taken that letter and parlayed it into a, that's what I do. I, I, I've like 
you know, let me share this letter. Now let me, uh, you know, who can I send Red Berets to to get this like more visible? Because I had it envisioned as like a national movement. Sorry, I keep going back into Red Berets. Um, but my point is that, um, where was I going with that? Um, oh, Bernie, we needed, you know, he needed to come out and say, you know, here I am in Washington state. What can all of you do to help make sure that, you know, we get your senators and uh, your representatives on board with Medicare for all. That's like, that's, yeah, one that's 17,000 17, people who people. can apply pressure onto exactly. this, this, the senators uh, who are more conservative Democrats. Exactly. Uh, in Washington. No, that's right. And so we, you know, we need those calls to action. We need, um, right. and what could they be doing? Well, you know, Representative um, Pramila Jayapal could endorse whole Washington. The squad could, if they don't, um, you know, they could endorse whole Washington. They could, they could at least like share the informa information out about onepayerstates.org, you know, say, are you organizing at the local level? If we want this to happen at the national level, you should all go to onepayerstates.org and find out if you are one of the 28 states who can do a ballot initiative. But, you know, they don't want us to do it that way. I, I'm really clear about that. They don't, I don't think they want us to do it that way. Um, but we're fed up because we have a veto president. So at what point do we get to say, well, your way isn't working right now because we don't right. have a, we can't do it that way. So are you going That's to right. help us do it? Well, and, and you make a great point. <laughs> What's yeah. happening right now is not working. What yeah. progressives are doing, the, the corporatists who control the Democratic Party are way too comfortable, comfortable right now. The Nancy yes. Pelosi's of the world, the Joe Biden's of the world, you know, the Chuck Schumer's of the world, they feel no pressure. And part of the reason they feel no pressure, despite the massive levels of suffering that we're seeing in this country, is that AOC and the squad are not helping the organizers like yourself and the, the, and the grassroots movement, they're not helping us pressure these corporatists. And the whole idea behind Force the Vote, which I was one of the original people to help, you know, I was on the call when we were all there to plan the campaign, the whole idea, it was never about, so many people got lost in it. Like it was not about attacking AOC. It was about, it was about AOC, join us, fight with us. 92 million people in this country are underinsured or, or uninsured in a pandemic. And the, the party that you belong to that claims that healthcare is a human right is against the policy, Medicare for all, to make healthcare a human right. So join us and demand uh, some concessions from Nancy Pelosi uh, in order for you to vote for her. Make her bring Medicare for all to a floor vote. Because then we can really see who supports the, the policy and who doesn't. And that would have made it a lot easier yeah. for us to primary all the Democrats in 2022 who voted against Medicare for all during a pandemic. But the problem was, is the squad and the progressives, they didn't want to play ball with the grassroots. And so it creates this kind of thing where it's like, we're seeing all these people suffering. We're, tr we're, activating, we're organizing, we are planned an entire campaign to put pressure on the corrupt corporatists and the Democratic Party, and they didn't want to join us to put that pressure onto them. So then what ended up happening is the pressure just went on them because they wouldn't kind of step up and rise to the occasion. And it did feel like, you know, this was the first time that the movement had really asked the squad for anything in three years. You know, they, you know, they, no one's really asked them for anything. And it was kind of like, 
okay, and I get it. It didn't, that didn't go where it needed to go. But I think the point is, is the people, we have the power. Our you government did. works for us. And so yeah. I think the, one of the reasons Force the Vote got a lot of pushback is because it was such an empowering campaign to show people like, no, look, you can demand that your officials work for you. You can make demands of, of the squad. You can make demands of the Democratic Party. If, if, we yeah. really, if they really call themselves Democratic, then, then they should be open to criticism and dissent uh, because that's what democracy is all about. Uh, now, I know we don't live in a democracy. We live yeah. in an oligarchy, but yeah. that's besides the point. You know, here we have a party that claims to be democratic that, yeah. that tries to silence anyone who demands better uh, or who just won't, you know, put their head down and vote blue no matter who. You know, vote blue no matter I, what trash they throw at you is what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to understand why we couldn't get uh, a tweet. Uh, that would that would make news and everything else. Why can't we get a tweet uh, from one of them saying, or all of them, let the let, organize together so that they can't um, come after just one of you, uh, but put some something out that says, you know, at Nancy Pelosi, it is absolutely not acceptable that as the leader of the, the House, uh, you are still not a co-sponsor of Medicare for All in the middle of a pandemic. We need you to co-sponsor Representative Jayapal's legislation. We need a floor vote. We need hearings. And then when we go into the hearings, they need to, uh, Brianna Joy Gray was, was going into how she listened to 11 hours of, uh, I think it was 11 hours. She listened to a lot of hours of the Ways and Means Committee uh, hearings, and she said she didn't even hear a single question um, put to the committee members uh, how much they had taken from the, the, the insurance industry, uh, private hospitals, and pharma. And yep. that's not going to fly. We're not going to pass it that way. What is, you know, we have to play, we have to go much, much harder. I, I don't know if you'll give me an opportunity to just say what we've discovered with whole Washington. Um, Jason Call for Congress did Please. some research on, um, he did some research uh, because the, the PDC state filings are right there. Um, so basically, the Washington, the Washington State Senate Health Care Committee is comprised of six Democrats and five Republicans. Chair Annette Cleveland uh, has taken the most, but collectively, that committee alone has taken over $1 million uh, from the industry from the insurance and pharma and private hospitals. And so that's why we were that's why we were blocked. That's why 5204 did not receive a public hearing. So we have started calling them out and naming names uh, because they saw us coming. Now to loop back for just a second and say, so, you know, what's the point of local organizing? How in the hell do we think we would, how could we ever think that we could pass something as, as monumental as National Improved Medicare for All if we do not have um, uh, organizers who have learned exactly and had some practice at at taking this on like um, yep. So now we know exactly why we were blocked. They actually introduced another piece of legislation, right? When, when we had seven Senate co-sponsors, they introduced another piece of legislation, um, uh, 53. It doesn't matter what the bill number is. Um, you can look it up. But the point is, um, all it is, um, is... Uh, to form a commission. It's a call to form a healthcare commission to study different ways of the best way of doing uh, implementing universal healthcare. So it, it, but in four more years, it's to study it for four more years. So at the very best case scenario, it's a delay tactic 
for four more years. And they introduced yep. that. They got somebody to introduce it, Emily Randall, who if you look at her filings, um, she hasn't taken a bunch of corporate PAC money. Hers all comes from the state Democratic Party um, and through her local LD. Um, well, you know, we can't get Medicare for all on the national platform, but here in Washington state, people like Jason Call and Georgia Davenport, who are state committee members, they got that passed. Universal health care is on our uh, state platform. And Tina Pudlowski, who is our Democratic state, state Democratic Party chair, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is just corrupt and rotten through and through. Like, yep. we well, can't. That so that was the whole point of force the vote was that the only reason we don't have Medicare for all in this country is that both parties are owned by the giant insurance companies and big yep. pharma. It's the same thing with, with a green new deal. The only reason we don't have a green new deal is both parties are owned by the big oil companies. And the only reason we don't have world peace is that both parties are owned by the military industrial complex. Yep. And so the, the issue is you can't heal what you don't reveal. And a lot of the American people, it's really easy to see that the Republican Party is corrupt. And it's really easy to call out their corruption because they're very brazen about it. They're like, yeah, we take money from big pharma and the giant insurance companies. So what? We don't care. You know, we want for-profit health care. But it's the Democrats who yeah. fool the American people with their yeah. platitudes yeah. and with saying something like health care is a human right. Yes. But they don't support the policy, Medicare for all, to make healthcare human right because 95% of Democrats are bought and paid for by the giant insurance companies, just like the Republicans are. So the whole point of force the vote was to force these Democrats in the House to go on record. So because when you're funded by corporations like that, you're not going to vote for you might sponsor it, but you're not going to vote for a bill that goes against your corporate donors. And so and we needed that moment to yes. show the American people because there's so many Democrats who yeah. get their news from MSNBC or from yeah. CNN yeah. who really have no idea the level of corruption that goes on in the Democratic Party is the exact same as in the Republican Party. The Democrats yeah. just talk nicer. So yeah. part of activism and part of the work you do, the work people at the national level do, is we're trying to have moments to educate the electorate so they can see just how corrupt our politics was. And it felt like for me, the progressives took that moment away from us by not forcing a floor vote. And, and also by, you know, Republicans, I disagree with everything they stand for, but they're very aggressive. Yeah. You know, they fight for what they believe in. Yep. Whereas the Democrats, they don't. They, they, they don't, first off, they're not fighting for the working class. They're not giving the American people a compelling narrative. And they're, they're just chasing the, Democrat, the Republicans to the right because they're also chasing the corporate money. And so what ends up happening is our country just moves further and further to the right. And it takes people like you, Laura, and organizations like Whole Washington and people like Brianna and, and podcasts like mine and even people like Jimmy Dore who rub some people the wrong way. And at some points he can be too controversial. But at some point when there's this much suffering and our entire government is bought and paid for by corporations and billionaires and the ruling class, You've got to have agitators and disruptors uh, who are going to get in there and just say enough is enough. Yeah, I completely agree. I absolutely agree. And uh, for those people that are uh, saying we, we have to wait, we, we, we need to do this nationally, or they're angry at Jimmy Dore because he's expressing anger. It's like, well, you, you probably uh, 
didn't have to declare medical bankruptcy this year or um that's right you know you're not you're not rationing your uh, there's so many things i want to <laughs> say like a ballot initiative is let's, you're let's, not rationing you're, your insulin no you're, <laughs> you're right on point yeah yeah you know that's the kind of stuff that state organizing does and like um a lot of us know that, but the more active that we are uh, fighting for this, the more these stories are like, they're real. Like, I can tell you uh, that I went to gather signatures for Initiative 1600 in the Proctor District, which is North Tacoma, which is the, you know, uh, the sort of wealthier part. And they would have like a bunch of Black Lives Matter and Biden-Harris signs and all of that stuff. I got turned away so many times they didn't want to sponsor, they didn't want to sign to put universal health care on the ballot. So, hmm. but this is the thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're yep. the ones who are like, oh, you know, this, this and this and this, and you can say Black Lives Matter. Well, if it matters, then why wouldn't you want to support Bernie Sanders? Why wouldn't you want to support uh, and sign the petition to get universal health care. So it's because, you know, they're they're comfortable. Whereas standing outside of Walmart, um, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people signed it. You know, um, I don't know why I want to loop back to the initiative. I just want to give. Huge, no, it's so true. And it, it shows give, just it shows also like, you know, in many ways, it's the moderates. It's the liberals who are standing in the way of the progress yeah, that we need to heal this nation. Yes. And you see that just on the ground doing your organizing and doing your work. Uh, but also, I really like what you said about that we don't have time to wait anymore because yeah. every day we wait, it means that more people are suffering. Yeah. People don't, some uh, millions of Americans, 92 million Americans are underinsured or uninsured yeah. during a pandemic. That means that when they're underinsured, they're not going to see the doctor when they're not feeling well because they're scared of the copay or they, they haven't met the deductible yet or they can't meet the deductible. And so people are suffering in this nation yeah. in many ways, suffering in silence because you know this, this cruel capitalistic system we're in teaches people, oh, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And mm -hmm. if you're suffering, it's your own fault. No, if you're, if you're suffering, it's not your own fault. It's systemic. The yeah. problems in this country are not, it's not because someone didn't work hard enough. No one works harder than the poor and the working class. Nobody does. It's because our system is corrupt and our system and our economy is rigged against the working class and it's rigged for the, the, the billionaire class and for the giant corporations and for Wall Street. And for 40 years under Democrat and Republican presidents, and you guys, everyone can go at home can go look this up. Income inequality in this nation has grown under both. That means things have gotten worse for the poor and the working class and disproportionately for people of color. So you're absolutely right. Don't just, don't just, don't just pander for black votes, yeah. fight for black lives. Yes. Don't just pander to the working class and the poor for their votes, fight for their lives. Yeah. That's the difference and disconnect in our politics. Liberals yeah. love to say they care, but if you really cared, you would vote for more progressive politicians. <laughs> you, you would support socialist policies. Yes. You would actually, you, you would put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. But they're not. They're voting out of privilege. They're voting out of comfort. They're yeah. putting up a sign and acting like, you know, yeah. oh, everything's better now. The, yeah. You know, Trump's gone. Every, no. Like, nothing changed. Nothing I don't feel any changed. different. I'm still nothing has changed. I, Joe Biden <laughs> yeah. is blue Trump. I call him blue Trump now. <laughs> all, that, all that's changed is that we have a more palatable face of the oligarchy uh, for liberals. But the income inequality is still there. The racial injustice is still there. The endless wars are continuing. Again, 140 million Americans are poor or low income, and we got 92 million Americans who are underinsured. Nothing has changed. 
So we have to keep fighting. Yeah. Um, what does it say to you that the Democratic Party, who claims that health care is a human right, is fighting against the policy, Medicare for all, to make health care a human right during a pandemic, nonetheless? Oh, <laughs> it says I'm not a Democrat anymore. <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> um, what does it say to me? Um, that feels like such a big question. Like, um, I mean, just everything that you just said, they're, uh, they're, they're a corporation. They're not, they're, they're, they represent the corporations. They don't represent working class people. Um, they're, I, I always want people to understand. I see, I, I didn't do a lot of focusing on Trump when he was in office because I understood from the very beginning, um, since I started organizing that, uh, it's actually the Democrats that are, you know, I think they're more, um, innocuous in, in a certain way, because like you said, they, they pretend to be our friends. They, you know, this lady at the, at the Pierce County Democrats, after I read the Bernie letter, um, she said, you know, she came up to me afterwards and said, uh, do you, um, oh, she said, I, I had no idea that was going to be Bernie or you were going to say Bernie Sanders. I said, oh, who, who did you think it was from? And she said, well, I thought maybe like uh, Senator Maria Cantwell or somebody like that. And so, of course, in my own mind, I was thinking, but I, you know, I just answered in a forthright way and said, oh, um, well, she doesn't actually support Medicare for all. And she said, oh, yes, yeah, she does. She's, she believes health care is a human right. And I said, no, well, no, but she's not a co-sponsor, you know, of Medicare for all. And she, and she said, she's not. And I said, no, we need her to uh, co-sponsor 1129 and, uh, and, and, and I said, then I'd be happy to knit her a beret, you know? Um, so anyway, and she said, well, that is shocking. That is shocking. Now, this is a person who is active within the Democratic Party. And we couldn't sit and say, oh, that's highly uninformed. No, a lot of people that are actually active and going to local Democrat meetings just don't know. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, um, except that it's, it's diabolical. You know, it's absolutely diabolical because it's, it yep. doesn't make that woman stupid. If you didn't know anything and somebody comes up to you and says healthcare is a human right, then you, you, of course you think that they're fighting for you. Of course you think, oh, well, that means that this person is doing everything that they can to make sure that it is a human right, that it is like, you know, just like all other developed countries that, that anyone can go and see a doctor that they don't have, they can take their little child to see a doctor. That's what healthcare as a human right means. So what does it mean? It, it means that they are liars and corrupt and not serving the people. And uh, and then all they do is point to how terrible that Republicans are when in fact, uh, you know, right now, especially being that we have the seats of power, they are the ones that are blocking uh, the healthcare justice legislation from being heard, from being pushed, from being fought for. So I, I don't even know if I've answered your question other than, you know, they are not our friends in any way, shape or form. Uh, they, they're, they're the worst. I mean, not saying worse than Republicans. They're just, they're, I just don't see a difference. If you're blocking Medicare for all, um, I don't care if you've got a D or an R in front of your name, you are letting 222 people die today or whatever, you know, 
That's what Scott Denoyer said to me today. That's when you do yep. the math, you know, that's, that's how many people that they're just saying through their inaction. There's, they are saying every 75,000 people a year. Yes. They're saying that, you know, these people are expendable and we have to have, you know, we need our progressives to say, are you, are you going to fight for this today? And they should be tagging and adding every single Democrat with who is not on board with this, who is not fighting for it. We need, oh my gosh, I'm, I am yeah. getting fired you know, up. And, <laughs> no, in many ways, I think that the, the, the Democrats are more dangerous than, yeah. than Republicans because it's really easy to see that the Republicans are dangerous and everybody knows that they're dangerous, but it's the Democrats. They're yeah. sneaky. They're you sneaky. know, they sedate people with these platitudes yep. and then turn around and sell us out to, to the, to their corporate donors. And so they, they fool people into thinking that they're on the people's side when in reality, the democratic party is not on the people's side. It's on not the side all. of, of their big donors of, yeah. of wall street and of the ruling class. So essentially what we have is, is, is we have two parties that have been captured, yeah. uh, by corporate interests, by special interests, uh, by wall street interests. And, and the people essentially have no representation in America. Right. The only people who have representation in this country are rich people, are the capitalist class, <laughs> because, and they buy off our politicians. And so it creates a society that is unequal, that is unjust, uh, that is racist, uh, and a society that is unsustainable. And yes. that's the part that I think a lot of people haven't figured out yet, where it's just like, okay, you know, they, they think everything was, a, a lot of liberals I know, even friends of mine, who just think my activism is fool is foolish. They have they think that Trump was the problem, that now that he's gone, everything is better now. Everything is magically better now in America. And they have no idea that Trump was always just a symptom yeah. of our corrupt system and of our old, decrepit capitalist system. And, and, and that's really the problem. We are in late stage capitalism. Yeah. Capitalism is in decay. And when capitalism is in decay, it's not the ruling class who feels the effects of it, yeah. nor is it the upper class or the upper middle class. Right. It's the poor, it's, it's the working class, it's communities of color, it's vulnerable communities like the LGBTQ community yeah. who feel the brunt of the impact of, yeah. of living in an empire that is in decay. And you know, much of this system we built over the last century was propped up uh, through exploiting uh, other countries and, and through this imperialism that a lot of people don't even talk about enough. And that's that, yeah. that even deadlier stage of capitalism where we've been exploiting other countries for cheap labor and for their natural resources yeah. and, you, and, and taking them uh, and hoarding their resources to just prop up the oligarchs in this country. And so our ex, we don't export democracy. We're not some beacon of democracy, America. No. Our biggest export is death, is war, oh, is oligarchy. I mean, we are the evil empire. And I think yes. a lot of people's analysis, because they're comfortable, they don't see that, that, yeah, you're comfortable. And the reason you're comfortable is because a lot of other people are suffering for you to be comfortable. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, the problem with this system, that I don't believe anyone should be exploited. I don't believe we should exploit people's labor here in America or ex exploit their labor uh, overseas. And certainly we shouldn't be fighting these wars uh, to uh, enrich uh, the, the ruling class and enrich the, the billionaires in this country. They've got enough money. 
Uh, you know, this is the era of justice and the era of building a better system. And, and, and really, I feel like we're moving into like a, almost a, a return of socialism and a return of revolutionary politics uh, that was covered up and buried by the capitalists. You know, at one point, we had a strong socialist party in America and a strong communist party. And guess what? They got FDR to pass the New Deal. Yeah. And so after, ever since, though, it's just they have, they have chipped away at the New Deal. Now it's gone. And, and the capitalists have just covered up a, a whole swath of politics. People think it ends at liberal. That like liberal, liberal isn't even left. Liberal is like center right. It's a capitalist ideology. It's yeah. a right wing ideology in other countries. Uh, yeah. And so there's a whole era of politics that has just been covered up in this country. And I feel like we're entering a new stage where that's going to return uh, to, to bring justice to this country. And Medicare for all and the work you're doing is a big part of it. Uh, Joe Biden was speaking at a Pfizer uh, manufacturing site today, and Joe Biden said, I believe we'll be approaching normalcy by the end of this year, but I can't make the commitment to you. <laughs> so the United States is now approaching 500,000 deaths, the highest of any country in the world, disproportionately poor and working class people and people of color in those deaths. And Biden is now can't guarantee that the virus will be contained this year. Laura, has this pandemic shown that our private for-profit healthcare system is a failure and that it's time for socialized medicine and Medicare for all in this country? Absolutely. I, 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 I don't know what could have better highlighted that, what could be. And it's really scary to me because it, it, it would appear that even this, it's like if, if this hasn't shown it where, um, where people are losing their jobs and therefore they're losing their health care. Uh, so this, you know, makes the case that we can't continue to have, uh, people's health care linked to their employment. Uh, it makes the case for that. Um, but they're still not seeing it. So again, yeah, uh, back to your revolutionary form of politics, that's the only choice that they're going to leave us with because I don't know how it could, I mean, it can get more dire. That's, that's the thing that is scary. It can get more dire and it will get more dire. Um, because they're not passing any of the reforms. Not, so it's only going to get more dire. Yeah. 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 Uh, we have to talk about the red berets for Medicare for all, which is the organization that you started to advocate for Medicare for all. Where did you come up with this idea and how many red berets have you knitted now? <laughs> and also kind of explain people what red berets are, why you chose red beret and, and mm -hmm. kind of the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Cause I the just whole. love it. <laughs> um, well, I already said the thing about the women's March. So right now I'll plug in to loop back to them. I'll say it would be really amazing if some of the organizers or leaders of the women's March would hear that they were part not, not solely, but they were part of the inspiration and that they, they should endorse Medicare for all. Like, is there, I want to kind of like challenge and say, uh, are you out there? Are you still uh, doing some organizing? Just because Trump's gone doesn't mean we, 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 have, we haven't achieved health equity for women and for the LGBTQ community and for black people, indigenous people, like that's what Medicare for all does. Uh, it, it ensures reproductive uh, freedom for women. So um, 
Yeah, where, could could you make an endorsement of Medicare for all? That's what I'd like to bring into this, since they were, you know, part of the the whole thing. Was like I saw the hats and I thought, and I know wow. that uh, Linda Sarsour, who's mm-hmm. one of the original organizers, she has endorsed Medicare yeah. for all. Yeah. She's a big proponent. But I I love that that you're yes, everyone who who was a part of that. That is so cool that they inspired you as well to yeah. start this organization. Yeah. Well, and you know, I would just like to see um, a lot more sort of med. I don't. I don't, I don't pay like total attention to their feed, but I don't, uh, I haven't looked for a while, so I'll go and look. Um, but I, I don't know that I see a lot of, um, tying together, you know, a lot of, um, what, when are we, you know, are we fighting for Medicare for all? So maybe they have like fully endorsed and, and done that, but, um, yeah, it would be good to see. Like, uh, are they are they still being active? Are we planning whenever uh, whenever it, we're beyond COVID? Um, or what are the next action steps that people in their coalition can take and all of that stuff? But so yeah, I am giving a shout out that that was that was certainly part of the inspiration because then I started thinking in my head as a knitter, I wonder if there is something that I can do to start crafting uh, for National Improved Medicare for All. Um, and as I was listening to uh, a pod, um, a YouTube thing uh, of Bernie and Dr. Jane Sanders and Roseanne DeMauro speaking to the National Nurses United, uh, I thought, oh, we should, okay, their colors are red. They have like sort of two tones. This is sort of what, like one of their darker colors. Um, then I have one on the mannequin back there that you can see kind of in the background. Oh, here's a good example. I don't know if you can see. This is a really cool it's called brioche or fisherman's rib. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I, I just basically, I thought berets because of um, all of the historical um, revolutionary politics of berets. You can, there's a lot of really fascinating stuff. And of course, being like a, a veteran, a veteran for peace, I thought we should, we need a peace army and we need to, uh, we need to reallocate uh, the funds and, get people health care and stop funding these endless wars. So the beret was what I thought would best uh, symbolize that. Um, so yeah, National Nurses uh, United, that's why I chose red is because it's their colors. Um, so I started just sort of in my early uh, Twitter and social media stuff saying, let's knit for nurses and the 99%. Um, and you know, that then that's how I kind of got connected up uh, through whole Washington is through a nurse. And you know, and now you know, Fran Bauer, who is a nurse that's down in Florida, she taught herself how to she's on Twitter a lot, so that's um, Fran Sil- Sylvia's daughter, and um, and she's taught herself how to crochet and she cro- crochets and sends like a package off to whole Washington um, once a month. And then, you know, it's just kind of, we've kind of built it grassroots and I didn't want to make a board. We don't have a board or anything like that. Um, I've, ju- I've wanted, I've wanted to keep the messaging really, really strong. I even, there was even a point where it was like, oh, I think you should organize and, and form an Our Revolution group. And I did sort of apply and do receive like the emails, and but I didn't do a lot of organizing as Red Berets within Our Revolution because I wanted it to be independent. Um, and I don't want it to be like um, an entirely Dem enter. I don't want it to belong to a political party. I did send um, some Berets to Nick Brana recently, you know, to 
allocate to people who are organizing with the People's Party, but I've knit for people in the Green Party. It's 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 for Medicare for all, and it's for like if you support a candidate um, or you're with DSA and you go out canvassing to go. Um, you know, try to tell people about why we need Medicare for all. It all it's DSA's color as well. So you can you can pin whatever buttons you want to it. I just want to make clear that they're not the red berets for a public option. So Oh yes, so, no. <laughs> so I mean of course people can uh, knit these and if they start um, if they start doing that, I can't really go snatch the hat off their head. But I the only the only thing that I've tried to keep clear with it. Yeah, there's like, no red berets for a centrist option. <laughs> we, we don't do any public option. <laughs> These are not red berets for healthcare for those who, for Medicare for those who want it or whatever. Yes. Oh yeah, the whole Pete Buttigieg. Oh. Yeah, oh God. And I want to oh. show, oh, this is upside down. So no, it wasn't. So I'll show you this because it's kind of. Oh, that's of, awesome. There's for, a those newer... who are list, for those who are listening and not watching the video version of the podcast, she's wearing an awesome, uh, we need Medicare for all uh, COVID mask. mask. Yes. COVID mask to protect yes. from COVID. So you can have your COVID mask, you can have your Medicare for all COVID mask and your red beret on when you go out to the store. Yeah. You're like a walking Medicare for all free advertisement. Exactly. For Somebody, everyone to have health care. I love it. I wore, I wore these out to the, I wear them to the store a lot. Somebody, I don't even know if this is what they meant, but somebody made a comment on my Twitter feed, something about how, no, no, they added me and said at red berets, Medicare for all boutique, left or boutique activist and I maybe I'm missing maybe that's something awesome but my take on it was like that they thought I'm just doing cosmetic stuff and I so I just ignored it I, I don't know if it has a more positive meaning than what I was thinking but it's like no I have knit around 300 that's my estimation because I've never like done tick marks on anything but I've kind of figured out from like this event and this event and I sent them to this people 300 is a pretty pretty good estimation give or take probably 25 berets or something like that they are yeah and I've seen Nina and I've seen Nina wearing a red beret Nina Turner mm -hmm. and yep. and I know Brianna Joy Gray and you know well she hasn't you, let's be clear she hasn't I would be happy to I would love um to knit and send her one we we added a beret in a meme to like her profile oh that's the picture. meme that went viral yeah <laughs> Yes, I yeah. love that meme though because that's her, her yeah. awesome quote uh, yeah. Yeah. from exposing the the fact that yeah. uh, when they had the hearings yeah. uh, in, in Congress that they didn't ask any questions about yeah. how corrupted uh, the people were by uh, big pharma and, and insurance it. money. Yeah, yeah. So we've just we've got them out to like Ron Placone and. Graham Elwood and I'll and I'll be happy to send you one and so I would just yay, love it. I would it, love a red beret. Yay! <laughs> so um, and I wanted to make sure to get the chance to say uh, that those of you that would like to see um, Power to Heal, have you seen Power to Heal yet? I have not. Okay, so um, we are showing. Whole Washington is doing an online showing of Power to Heal, and what it is, it's a sixty-minute documentary uh, narrated by Danny Glover, and it is a documentary about uh, life in America under the medical system prior to the passage of Medicare, and what happened before they were able to fight to deseg uh, to desegregate hospitals. So actually, it really goes into the story of how we would never have passed Medicare in this country were it not for the black activists of the civil rights movement and all of their allies of different um, colors coming together to fight for that. It's, it's, it's in a time when we're being told no 
we can't have that. That's going to be too expensive, whatever, all the talking points. I feel really strongly that one of the cures is that we've got to get this film out to absolutely everybody. So a couple of weeks ago, I thought to myself, oh, you know, I mean, Justin Jackson was so, um, he was such a strong proponent and, you know, leading one of the leaders in this fight for force the vote. Yep, uh, and he, he was and fantastic. I, and I he, absolutely. And I remember like way back before that, I remember him following me on Twitter. And I, and of course, like, I don't, I'm not a football person. So I didn't, I, at first I was just like, what is this blue, this, uh, football player doing <laughs> following me, um, but I'll follow him back. Sure. And it turns out, you know, I find out, oh, he's very, very progressive and he's awesome. And he, he totally, he was interested in like following because, uh, he's for Medicare for all. So that I, that I discovered that over time, but anyway, since force the vote, like a couple of weeks ago, I thought I really want to, well, no, I, I had it occur to me why don't I just DM and reach out to Justin Jackson? Maybe he would, cause I'm the type of person who is like, Oh, I can't ask for that. You know, maybe he would think that was, you know, who, who am I, you know, which is, that is just a little something about me. And then I, I, st I nipped that right in the bud and was like, why, well, why wouldn't I want to reach out to him? He cares about Medicare for all. And if he's available, maybe he would like to do it. So I sent him a DM, told him about Power to Heal, asked him if he had seen it. He hadn't seen it yet. Um, and he and I told him about, here's the vision for it. We'd like to have a, a, a short panel discussion. Have you talk about Medicare for all, why you fight for it. We'll go in, we'll, we'll show the film, and then we'll come back and, and gather it all up. Um, and he said, this sounds like a great event that I would love to do. Let's shoot me some dates and let's figure it out. So now he's joining us next week on the 27th. So that's amazing. And where can people go to watch power to heal and to, and to go and to join in the event? Yep. So if you go to wholewashington.org or go, you can see it all over my Twitter feed. If you're following me on Twitter or following whole Washington, but basically the fastest and surest way to get to it is to go to wholewashington.org, go under events and it should be, right there front and center is like the, the neck, the, the first thing that they see that you see. And then awesome. just, just click on that go there. You can sign up for zoom. We have a 500, um, capacity. So that's, there's only 500 people that are going to be able to see it live with Justin Jackson. So, so get you in better, there. <laughs> you better go, you better do it now. <laughs> so you better do, do it, it quick. <laughs> do Spaces it now. are going quick. Yes, they are. Um, and I just be, just so I, I have to say this, but I just want to thank you because you know, so much of what we're fighting for, you know, we are fighting for justice. We are fighting for righteous causes, like everyone in this country to have healthcare. Uh, but because we're fighting against such powerful forces, a lot of times that creates this kind of unnecessary division, if you will, uh, because we shouldn't even have to fight for this. Right. Everyone in this country should have healthcare like they do in Europe, like they do in Canada, like they do in Mexico. Uh, but because of, because of the powerful interests we're going up against, it can sometimes feel like a slog. And so I, I sometimes think we can forget uh, how important it is to bring joy into our activism and to bring joy uh, into our organizing. And Red Berets and what you do, Laura, it just brings that joy into it. And you bring that joy into it and that light into it. And uh, so I'm just so grateful uh, for that. And, you know, there we are seeing a little bit of a split right now. Uh, between uh, people in the left, between people who think it's past time to break off from the Democratic Party yeah. and form a real leftist party, and those who think the party can be changed from within. Uh, 
-hmm. Everyone knows where I stand. I don't think the Democratic <laughs> Party can be saved, and I'm fighting. Uh, and you know, I I have soft support for MPP and soft support for the Green Party, and soft support for Socialist Alternative is a rising socialist party. Um, I'm kind of going to allow myself to just explore and discover mm -hmm. and, uh, and and support a lot of the different ways because I think you know it's a time where people should explore and discover and build power outside of these parties. But that's actually not the question I wanna ask you, because I talk about that a lot on the show. What I wanna ask you are, what are some ways that we can work together and find some solidarity on the left, even with those who disagree uh, on whether the party can be reformed? So how do we kind of bring, find solidarity between the, the revolution side and, and the reform side of the left? Yeah, that's a really, really excellent question. Uh, I, I'm going to bring it back to uh, Red Berets and whole Washington and just say one of the things that all throughout the Trump administration uh, and, you know, and especially now, the thing that keeps me feeling um, positive and focused is is whole Washington and knitting berets for them and helping to raise uh, money for them. And, you know, at some point, uh, I, you know, but I know we're running short on time. I have thoughts about, of course, how people could, if they want to start crafting these, how they can support their own local efforts, whether they knit for DSA or whatever, whatever is happening in their state to, to organize for Medicare for all or for uh, if they have one payer states efforts for right now. Now, just being myself and a few, you know, five or six, you know, more like 10 or 12 over time, um, people take their little breaks and stuff like that. But I've got sort of like five or six core uh, crafters and we stay really, really focused on the issue. I, I so appreciate everybody who is um, and we try to be pretty intersectional with this because that's what we have to do. But I'm someone who gets. Um, you know, my mind gets kind of all drawn all over the place and I get uh, kind of fractured or splintered. And um, so I've, I know for me personally, being a holistic healthcare practitioner that uh, and having lived over in England for seven and a half years uh, where they had healthcare, where they asked us, how how could we have this awful system? How could we how could I stand to serve this country that has this awful system? Um I stay focused on whole Washington because that's, I would knit for everyone in the whole world if I, you know, at least in this country, if I could. If you were an octopus um, and had eight <laughs> hands. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then I, but I, I do knit and I've, I've tried to knit for, you know, and I think some of the other crafters are now doing the same. It's like knitting for whole Washington, but knitting for movement leaders like Senator Nina Turner and Dr. Dooley and, uh, you know, lots of, so that, so that that, uh, so we could kind of get that visibility. And the whole idea was like to use a knitting phrase is, I hope you join us in the round because that's what you do when you cast on and you join the stitches in the round and then you just knit around and around and around. So what, what gives me joy and what I think would bring the solidarity because particularly during the ballot initiative process that we ran in 2018, after the fact, I discovered a couple of people that were organizing alongside of me that actually they were kind of more more like the Warren type Democrats <laughs> or, you know, um, 
but when you're in the in the heart and uh, of organizing and you and you support something like whole washington we have people that are organizing within the democratic party we have independence we have there's probably presumably some more conservative leaning people not a, not a ton we have outreach to do but now georgia davenport lives in eastern rural washington so that's covered um and anyway that's i feel that's how we can bring um the joy and the solidarity is to is to try the best we can to stay issues focused and just to be like instead of spending so much time like tearing each other down and saying you know uh you know i have people still tagging me due respect to the green party that's fine but i think you'd be the perfect fit for green party or something like that and it's like um okay yeah that's i i try to spread the love around a little bit like it's on their platform it's on the people's party's platform so that's that's great i'm really happy to be very supportive um but ultimately let's let's try to waste a little bit less time um you know saying why the green party isn't right or saying why people's party let's work on the issues if we and that is one thing that a one-payer state really does there's so much to do at the local level and then also supporting for the for the national movement always uh well i just don't have time to worry about uh I don't know that that's and so when somebody no, what I think brings- that's a great answer because what you're what I'm hearing is, and I think it's so important is like we all have a skill we all yeah. have something we're good at yes. something we can contribute to the mm. overall broader movement and yes. you've found your niche you found your focus you found your fight and you've also found how your fight uh, for Medicare for all at your local level intersects with other fights and the moment that happens you're more than happy to help out your fellow comrades and your fellow lefties mm-hmm. uh, in those ways. And I think that is something that I'm, you know, that I'm trying to see myself as well and, and, and understand that, like, look, I, I don't believe the system can be reformed. I, yeah. I, I believe that this system is corrupt beyond repair. Yeah. However, I, I also understand that it's going to take a lot of time yeah. uh, unless there's a revolution tomorrow, which I would be in support of. But revolution, there's so much uncertainty about how that happens, how you organize it, what a vanguard party looks like and and, and a socialist party like Socialist Alternative, which I support. And so what I'm saying is like, although I I don't believe the system can be fixed and I believe we do need a a socialist revolution in this country to liberate uh, the poor and the working class and Mm -hmm. uh, black and brown and indigenous people from capitalist rule, until that happens, I understand that Social democracy, which Medicare for all is part of, and a Green New Deal is part of, and uh, you know, defunding the police is part of, that is going to bring some reprieve to people who are suffering in, in the short term, hmm. while it will continue the rigged economy. I mean, social democracy, as long as there's capitalism, there's going to be people exploiting labor, and we're going to have a rigged economy where the rich keep getting richer. And I believe at some point, there's gonna be a moment in human history where that system has to break. And that is why I consider myself a revolutionary. However, I can support that in revolutionary politics. And I'm reading theory now. Some people have mocked me for it, but I'm reading Marx right now. And I'm reading Lenin and I'm reading Parenti. And I'm like, I'm having the time of my life reading about this socialist economic theory that it's like, it's so practical to what's happening now because we're watching capitalism literally in its later stages and in decay. So it's just amazing how people like Marx were so, I mean, the capitalists fought against him tooth and nail because he's, you know, 
wants to replace their system with a more yeah. equitable system. Uh, but my, the, what I'm saying is I can, even as a revolutionary, I can support people who understand that we still need, ref- if, if Democrats and progressives want to fight for reform like Medicare for all, I know that's going to help people. I'd be foolish to not help that and, and yeah. to not support that. So there's ways for even in our ideological differences for us to intersect in our fights and, and, and to not be so my way or the highway. Yes, yeah. I believe the system cannot be reformed. I believe we need to work outside the Democratic Party. But if the Democratic Party wants to like get its shit together and pass <laughs> Medicare for all, I'm not going to be like, no, don't do that. Like, of course, I'll support that <laughs> while I'm supporting the revolution and building socialism. So Agreed. I just think even someone like me, I mean, I have become a firebrand because I am so fucking done with compromising with these corporatists and with these corrupt political parties. When I say corrupt political parties, I mean the Democrats and the Republicans. And so I don't believe in compromising with them anymore because when we give them one inch, they take a mile. (laughs) However, in our fights together, like I was, I had you on the show because I want to hear what you're doing in Washington and I support your fight in Washington. I support the producer of my podcast, his fight in his local DSA chapter even though I disagree with DSA's national strategy yeah. of funneling socialists into a capitalist party that doesn't want to, that fights against socialist policies. So I guess what I'm saying is there is ways for us to look for solidarity and to, and to, and to put our egos aside. And, yeah. and I can do that myself to understand that there are people who are suffering. And if there's going to be some reforms, I am so for that while yeah. I'm also for, you know, tearing down the system and, yeah. and building an economy that works for everyone and, and getting out of this capitalist system. You summed it up so well. <laughs> I, I concur. Uh, my That's- last question <laughs> is, in a time with so much uncertainty, suffering, and struggle, what brings you joy? I know we've talked about the Red Braves. What's something outside of politics that brings you joy in this time? Probably... Um my favorite moment of each day is when my son Graham asks me, um, when we have like our eve, like our reading and our cuddle time and he, we, we tickle, like, I don't know if you, do you know what tickling is? It's, I, yes, I'm of from course. like a tickling, uh, family. And so, um, I hate it. Don't tickle me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like not, not the tickle, you know, just like the nice, like you know, that not tickle, tickle that. So anyway, we'll have our nice evening, um, you know, just that. And when he asks me, what is my, uh, what was my favorite part of the day? And to be really, really honest with you right now, um, that's like the most joy that I have is when he's asking me that it's like that moment right there. So I think there is that that's a question for me to take with me and for me to say, how can I how can I allow more joy into my life? Cause I might seem joyful. I'm glad that there is some joy that comes through and I, I have some joy. Sure. I, I surely do, <laughs> but I also think it's something where, um, you know, I take a lot from my family and probably from my personal wellness. Um, you know, it's like fight for Medicare for all for everybody else. Um, but the self care gets put on the back burner and the care Mm. for, so it's, it's more like the question that you're, that you're asking me is something for me to take away to say, Oh, you know, if I'm on Ryan Knight's podcast again at some time in the future, I would like to be able to report that that 
that seed sort of germinated and um, I can, you know, that there's more there because I feel it's a little bit depleted or diminished. Um, uh, when it, and when I we're can talking... relate with that. Yeah. Thank you for, I mean, I, I can relate with that. It is exhausting to, uh, to fight and to, and to be an activist and yeah. to uh, fight back against our corrupt system and self-care is really important. And that's something that I let slide in my life but, um, way but too I, much. I, I and I have to... to focus on that. So thank you. You, I would... you, you reminded me that what I need to do as well. I like, I like, uh, I, I used to work for Lush, um, Lush Cosmetics, and now it's very capital, it's very push and hard sales and stuff here, but I worked for them over in England when I was going to school. So that's kind of like one of my pleasures is like sensory things and like the goodness of, um, <laughs> that's one of my things is I love Lush. So <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, how can, uh, how can my listeners, where can they find you? How can they learn about red berets or what's your Twitter handle? What's your yep. website? Where do people find you? Uh, we do, I do have a website and there's quite a bit of stuff on there, but it's like, I had a web designer that was doing updates and that's kind of, I feel like it's not very up to date with current things that we've done. So, but it is red berets, medicare for all.com all spelled out. And that has like my email and stuff like that. So that would still be go and look at kind of what's there. There's kind of quite a few cool things on there, including a pattern and uh, both crochet and knit. And you can email me if you'd like to, you know, start crafting with us or kind of join the community. Um, my Twitter handle, I always like, um, can I remember my own thing is at red berets M for all. And I feel like I do Twitter the wrong way because probably because I tag so many people in the tweets or in pictures, maybe that the algorithms don't like me or I don't know what I've done wrong, but I just feel like, um, very few people see my tweets. Um, I should probably stop. I love your Twitter. Okay. I think you do Twitter right. <laughs> I do okay. Okay. All right then. You Maybe. do great. Okay. So yeah, and I'm not worried about like whether it's like thousands or this. Thank you for retweeting me so much, by the way, and elevating and amplifying. So oh, yeah, you bet. Twitter is definitely a place that you can, um, that you can find me and, um, uh, what else? And of course you can support us by, uh, you know, like I said, there, these are ours. Um, we, we do sell them on wholewashington.org. Um, I donate all of my work. Um, sometimes we reimburse the crafters a little bit for the yarn and a little bit of time, but we try to, um, it would be the most helpful if, if people see this and you go and buy an organizer bundle of five or 10 or one, um, make, have, help us have a problem of Georgia Davenport messaging me saying, I, oh my, I'm out of red berets. She has like a stockpile in her office. So if people, uh, can afford to, or go in with some friends to kind of get an organizer bundle or a family bundle, that's, that's really how people can help us out. Um, or go, yeah, I think that's it, right? And help, the, and help the organizing efforts for Medicare for All in Washington, which Absolute, is fantastic. Absolutely. Join our event. That's the next thing. It's like kind of let's get on to the next theme. Come join that event next Saturday or come to a whole Washington meeting, which is every – I'd love to have the problem where a whole bunch of national people come in on Monday night and it's like, whoa, there's like a couple hundred of us in here. I'm from Texas. I'm from New York, you know, from – 
North Carolina, then we'd have another thing. It would be like, oh, maybe we actually need to divide into whole Washington and kind of more like one payer states, Georgia, Davenport, you need to leave the, lead the one payer states um, Zoom meeting. Let's like the sky's the limit. This is not just only yep. Washington state. Join the one payer states coalition. And you can do that by joining wholewashington.org because uh, we, we can all work together on this. Um, we Laura, can. thank you so much. Uh, you are such a delight. You are such a joy. And, and uh, I look forward to continuing to fight with you and work with you uh, as we continue the fight for Medicare for all and for uh, a more uh, equitable America. So I will Absolutely. talk to you soon. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks. Right. Bye, Laura. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Amped Up with Ryan Knight. And before I go, I want to take this moment to thank our benefactors who make this show possible, who contribute at least $20 a month to the program. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Sambucci, Nat Tacito. Ed Romo, John Littman, Tiffany Mahmood, John Paul DeLuca, Susan Sarandon, DJ Comatos, Patty Cleary, Elizabeth Kim, and Lloyd Chapman. Thank you so much for your generous donations. And thank you, everyone, for supporting the podcast and supporting my work. I really appreciate it. Uh, again, go to patreon.com slash amped up if you want to support the podcast as well. And for as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to our bonus content. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll catch you next week with an all-new episode of Amped Up with Ryan Knight.